You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, it's good to have all of our listeners back. We are kind of on a bit of a summer schedule with the podcast between family and work. Uh, but Jay, we are diving back into this idea of a biblical man in this world. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And a lot of the podcasts that I've been listening to and the people that I follow have been talking about our depleted reserves and our empty emotional tanks. And then all this stuff feels like it keeps building and building and we're trying to get past the trauma of COVID, but we've got all these other things happening. So it's a really interesting moment, you know, certainly in the United States right now, but to your point, Chico, all around the world, people are tired. There's a ton happening. There's all this trauma we've experienced that we haven't unpacked. How is a uh, biblical man supposed to react to this hour? So I, I'm, I'm looking forward today to, you know, just a conversation around maybe how you and I are handling it and, and what, what we think our point of view is. And that's what we offer here on this podcast is just Chica's point of view and my point of view on how biblical men should think and operate and respond in this world. So that's uh, looking forward to the conversation. So Jay, let's pray. And um, as we pray, listeners, I'd, I'd ask that you kind of just take a breath because we are busy. We are all tired. And so as we jump into prayer with you now, Lord, let's just pause for a second to remember your presence on this podcast with us. And as we grab that, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts as we just really seek you, Lord, in everything that we speak to as we live in this world. So it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And Jay, I really like what you talked about there with depleted, what was depleted reserves, I think was the the label you stuck on it. So this morning, I got to go and take my yearly annual checkup at the doctor's. And what was interesting was the nurse came in, she took my weight, she took my height, she took my blood pressure. And the first thing out of her mouth, outside of those kind of just uh, normal measurements was, how are you doing? And I I sat back in my chair, I said, excuse me? She goes like, are you feeling stressed, anxious? Like she was checking on my mental health as well as my physical health, which has been a change from everything I've experienced to that doctor in the past. And then I go downstairs to get blood work and I have never seen so many angry and impatient people in one room, all masked up all being told that they're 14th in line. And I had a guy drop an F-bomb in the middle of a waiting room with elderly people and young children. And I I just sat back and I said, wow, fruit of the spirit, fruit of the spirit, fruit of the spirit. You know, one of the phenomena that I've been hearing people talk about in the United States is how much driving has changed after COVID and how much more intense the roads seem and how angry drivers seem to be and to your point, in grocery stores and anywhere you're waiting in line at the airport, especially right now, there seems to be a dramatic lack of patience and care for other people. You know, you do see the certain people really trying to extend a lot of that, but the majority of people are angrier, edgier. People are angry. They're tired. Um, they're a little foggy. There's less patience. And I think people are reacting to it very differently. You know, my wife and I just came back from a quick 24-hour getaway for our anniversary and it was fascinating where we were to see the balance of really, really scared people kind of, you could see they wanted to be out in public, but they were really masked up and all this other stuff. And then you could see the people that weren't and you could almost feel the palpable tension 
everywhere we were combined with exhaustion and a little bit of like, I'm just trying to get some relief out there. It was, it was really fascinating. My wife and I were just people watching the whole time. And I'm sure that all the listeners, I mean, every different listener that, that is listening to us right now has their own opinion as to why that is happening. Jay, I think we really wanted to lean into some of the triggers that you and I are noticing around our environments and our circles. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with this idea of politics and the, the craziness of politics in our world as well. But before listeners, you shut us out because you don't want to hear that. Jay and I have some interesting slants to take uh, when it comes to politics. Well, you know, in the United States in particular, and in some other parts of the world, politics has actually emerged as our new religion. And so it's a really intense subject. Like people feel very strongly about their political positions, which are tied these days very closely to their moral stances on how they think things ought to be. And that, that makes it a real challenge to have any kind of discussion. And, and also it makes it a real challenge to get together, right? Roe versus Wade was recently overturned in the United States and sent back to the States. And it's been fascinating to watch. Obviously, I, I, I hold a pro-life view. I'm a, a deep Christian belief about that. But it's been interesting to, to watch because my prayer really has been for a lot of the people that are really angry and, and disappointed about this ruling. And I've just really been praying for them, Chica, because I, I that's real, that anger, whether I feel one way or another about the topic, the emotions are real. The, 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 the feeling that something wrong has occurred here for a huge amount of our, our, you know, our, our, our country you know, it's just, it's just um, the Christian response is what? Should we be happy? Should we be dancing? Or, or is there a real moment to pause and go, this is a real trauma for a lot of people, and it's a real victory for a lot of other people. But how do we pray for all people in this moment as we're trying to sort out what just happened, you know, on that one particular topic in this country? It's a fascinating and a very emotional topic right now. We sit in the corporate workspace, and of course, you've learned, and I'm sure many of the listeners have heard about how corporations are trying to adjust for this as well. Um, and, and to your point, I think the, the great statement there, Jay, was how do we pray for all people in this? And so if we step back, because we could go into the weeds and speak about this, which you and I have been doing at work anyway, as a Christian man, a biblical man per se, what should my focus be? When my colleague comes in and is just furious because their way didn't get their way or is rejoicing because their way got their way or their side got their side if we want to split them into two teams, how, how do you, how do I, and we could lean back on the fruits of the spirit, how do we show up in a marketplace or in a conversation where we disagree with the other person um, and we're actually quite excited about whatever's just come true for the, the win of life, if that's the posture that we're taking? Um, how how do we stand up, Jay, as men? How do we stand up? Because is praying at work something that we're called to do? Well, you know, I've been thinking deeply about this for the last couple of weeks. And this podcast is aimed at building Christian discipleship in men. And so where do we start? I think we have to start with, well, who am I? I am less and Jesus is more. I think about Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. So you go, okay, let's start there. Let's start there. My, my opinion doesn't matter. My thought process doesn't matter. Like, what is Jesus? Where is he in this? So I start there. And then, and then that takes me to, 
back into scripture and I've been thinking about Romans 12 too. do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know God's will for your life. Cause a lot of people are trying to figure out what, what, what am I supposed to do in this? Whether they're Christian or not, everybody's asking the question, what do we do in this? So as a Christian man who holds biblical points of view and is trying to walk in discipleship, I think we got to step back and go, well, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would first start with empathy and compassion for all. Then he would seek to understand the position of all, and then he would minister. And and, and none of that did any point of view that I hold come out or did that even matter? Because as Romans 12, 3 goes on to say, I'm thinking of myself less. I'm holding myself in a certain way. Like it's not important that my attitude and opinion and thoughts on this matter come out. It's really important that I try to help the people around me process what's happening to them and begin to explore and ask questions. So that's a really long and convoluted answer, but I think it has to start with, I give up my right to myself and my opinion to step back and go, how do I express Christ to the world in this moment? I love that 220 piece that you put in there. You said, I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. And the second part to that then is what, Jay? And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, which is exactly what you said, when we therefore go and empathize and show compassion first. It's really, really tough because when, especially on such a debate, when sometimes you may look at the other person, whichever side you sit on and say, well, they're ignorant, they don't know enough, they don't even live in this country. I've had that discussion a couple of times this week. Why should they be so angry? Uh, for what Americans are now called to do through that action in the Supreme Court. Uh, Yet, as a biblical man, is it really that hard? Is it really that hard to lean back into Christ? Yeah, and I keep coming back to this concept of do not conform to the pattern of the world in this moment, Jay. Well, what would that look like? So for me, and this is just for me, that would look like, let me go engage in the battle. Let me go have some fights. Let me, whatever the topic is, I mean, the Supreme Court has issued a number of rulings. And then there's these other things going on, Chica, right, around, um, there's just all kinds of things happening in the United States that are hitting the social fabric of the old norms or bouncing into new norms. And people aren't really sure what the norms are anymore. They can change really fast overnight. And I think that you know, to conform to that would be like, I'm going to hammer into that. But if I look at the fruits of the spirit, it would say, well, be patient, be love. For me, and I think for you, Chica, as biblical men, here's what's true. The, the standard never changes for us. Mm. It, it, it is the same. So it's Christ's standard. So if I step back and go, well, what, well what, what does life in Christ look like? It looks like the fruit of the spirit. It looks like 1 Corinthians 13. These are the things I need to strive to be. And so if I lean back into that, it's going to allow me to step back from everything that's going on and observe, not disconnect, right? It's not like I'm not going to participate. No, I'm going to participate even more in the present moment. But like you said, Chica, as your colleague comes in, as a member of your family come in, because let's be honest, this is a set family member against family member, not just all the Supreme Court stuff, COVID, everything else. People have opinions and they are not all the same. <laughs> but they're always right for some reason, <laughs> right? Especially in well, the family. The, we, we seem to want to put people now in right and wrong, good and bad, much more than we've ever wanted to, I think, or at least certainly in my lifetime. And, and that leads to real separation of people. I, I started uh, thinking about the, the devil prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. And, and that is the pitting against each other, family to family, church to church, church member to church member, workmate against workmate. I, I feel that that's the devil just smiling out the side of his mouth. Uh, but I did want to pause for a second and come back to your Galatians 2.20. 
I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've spent a lot of time this, and this is a shout out to our readers, uh, to our readers and listeners. Get get into Colossians two this week, uh, because there's almost a pure reflection there. If, if Galatians two twenty says, "I no longer live, but Christ lives in me," Colossians two twenty actually says, "You have died with Christ, and He has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you? Why do I keep on following the rules of this world, such as?" don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. And there's so much more in that build out, Jay, that I think just mirrors what you were talking about with Galatians 2.20. It's very relevant to what we're speaking about. Yeah. And so Galatians, Romans, there's a ton in both of those books about how to be a citizen in a country, how, how you should react as a Christian to certain laws changing. You know, there's pieces about obedience, but not losing your voice. Like that stuff is very important. Like I do have a citizen duty in the United States. But the reality is, as a disciple of Christ, my first citizenship, my true citizenship is in heaven. I happen to live in the United States of America and be an American citizen in this fleshly body. But the reality is, when I accepted Christ, I actually turned in my world citizenship. I turned it in. And I I took on my citizenship of heaven. So now I actually am a foreign national on this planet. Like this entire planet is not my home. Wow. It's not, it's not my home. So I, I am I'm a foreign national in any country I walk to, including the country of my birth, the United States, because my citizenship resides in an entirely different realm now. And so now that I'm here, I can it gives me more ability, I think, if we lean back into everything we've learned about dying to Christ and letting him live through us, to view everything that's happening through a totally different lens, the lens of eternity. That's what I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks. I want to love a lot of people through this. There are strong opinions under my roof mm. amongst my wife and children. There's strong opinions in my workplace. Everybody at my workplace is being very respectful. We're not talking about these things. I know that is not true in all the workplaces. So certainly, you know, Chica, in your workplace, in your particular role, you you have to engage in these discussions. And 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 there is a way that people think and 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 if you run into that headlong, I mean, I, I like the only social media I am really on is LinkedIn. I mean, I have been blown away by what people are posting on LinkedIn. Right. Hmm. Not not only that, but then the commentary gets real nasty. But I'm thinking to myself, wow, people just are not afraid to engage in really rough warfare on social media, even on a place like LinkedIn, when you're thinking, that's your professional profile. Yeah, and and there potentially is accountability versus that hidden poop threading of nobody knows who I am. I can just say what I want, right? But people have grown so angry and so tired. Chica, that's what has blown me away about LinkedIn. They don't care. Mm. Come for my job. I don't care. And mm. it's like, wow, we've entered into this. And um, this 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 incredible need for validation amongst victimhood, I think it's a really toxic combination because people are looking inward rather than outward. And when we look inward in terms of like, how do I take care of me and myself and this and that and the other, we forget other people. And the Christian mindset is exactly the opposite. Forget yourself. Forget yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, as they like to say. Forget thinking about yourself and start thinking about how you can lean in and pray for and help others. That was Jesus' entire mission and his entire ministry. Like He took time alone to go pray on the mountain early in the morning, late at night, be with his father. But all day long, if you can imagine, let's just reset for a second, Chica. Remember the Gospels. We love to do that here. We love to bring the stories to life. All day long, Jesus was surrounded during his three-year-plus ministry by thousands of needy people wanting to touch him, talk to him, be ministered to by him. 
And so he couldn't think of himself very much in those scenarios. He was all the time on all day long. He just thought of himself less and he took time with each person. He slowed down. He looked him in the face. What is your pain? How can I help? What do you need from God? And uh, that I think is, is what we could do best right now, Chica, regardless of how we feel about that person's point of view, regardless if they're a bunch of tatted up, you know, what age doesn't matter, right? I'm 47 now. I don't really understand what's going on with teenagers and people in their twenties and early thirties, their angst, how their, how their communities operate. I, I don't really know anymore, but I can, I can sit with one and say, tell me what's on your heart. What, what's weighing you down? Let's talk about it and just listen, seek to understand what's going so on. With good. So good, Jay. Tell me what's on your heart. All right. Let's, I just thought of a game. Let's play a biblical man game for just a second, Jay. Talking about heart. And you don't react, Jay. Listeners, I want you, whether you're driving or walking or whatever you're doing right now, just just listen to your heart's reaction to these topics. As we stay in the world for just a second, when, when somebody brings up abortion, how do you feel? Like, how does your heart jerk? What about same-sex marriage? What about the idea that same-sex marriage could or should go away, which the Supreme Court's apparently now considering? What about vaccines? How do you react? How do you react when somebody dies that's close to you? You know, we could go on for days with all of these different topics that are stirring the narratives right now. If I say CNN versus Fox, if I say inflation or Brandon, like what, how does your heart jerk? Do you smile? Do you get fired up? And then bring it back to what Jay said, which is thinking of yourself less. How are you going to do that this week? And maybe as we turn the corner here, Jay, that's what we can do. We can really reflect on when we have those heart, heart jerks throughout the, uh, the week. Maybe it's a, it's a pause. Yeah, and turning it back to prayer, right? Being a Christian doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. You have an opinion. But being a, a dis- disciple of Christ means setting your opinion aside to see and hear others. Does that mean and- getting mowed down at work when people have better opinions than me or in their opinion, better opinions? No, not at all. But I do think, and this is where I think the church hasn't spent enough time. If you are truly a disciple of Christ, what's currently happening doesn't weigh you down too much because you know how the story is going to end. And so it's being able to step back as a citizen of heaven to say, well, I've got an opinion because I live in this era. I live in this time. I'm a human. I got an opinion. But let's set that aside. How do I hear someone else's opinion? And then how do I pray for them? How do I pray for them in public? How do I pray for them in private? How do I minister to them? If we spent more time figuring out how to minister to those around us, regardless of their position, and less time worrying about our anxiety about, oh, everything's going to hell in a handbasket or this or that or the other. I mean, the world is kind of always going to hell in a handbasket. This isn't the first time. This is a fallen and broken world. Like every era, every era of humanity has had this going on in some way, shape, or form. That is the nature of a fallen and broken world. It is going to hell in a handbasket at all times. And we get brief respites from that in brief geographies. But, you know, insurrection and war and and, and, and mutiny and all the bad things that humans do to each other, that's kind of always going on somewhere on the planet at all times. And that, And we just have to remember that. Like we happen to live in a place where we had peace for a long time and now we don't have as much peace. But that's not the norm. It's absolutely not the norm of humanity. So if we can just take a step back, give ourselves a break and say, how can I pray for others? How can I care for myself through connection with Christ to refill my 
emotional tanks? How can I step back and not conform to the pattern of this world, but rise above it, observe it, and ask Jesus, I'm a, uh, I serve you, Christ. What do you got for me? Where do you want me to engage? How do you want me to engage? And who do you want me to serve? That would be, I think, that's certainly the posture I'm attempting to take and the question I'm asking myself. And I would just invite the listeners, you know, what does that look like for you? What version of that is important for you to be doing right now? Well said, Jay. And to our listeners, if you found this week helpful, please share this with a friend. We are all about sharing the love and as well standing for Jesus as biblical men. So let's pray, Jay, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Heavenly Father. God made me, God made Jay, God made us alive in Christ when he forgave our sins um, and he canceled the record of the charges against us and took away everything by nailing his son to the cross. Lord, I ask that this week we remember that and that every spiritual attack against us is disarmed and at the same time we remember that Jesus went to the cross to bear our sins. So as much as we want to hold on our shoulders and think that we have the answer, we need to continue to lead into him. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.